Welcome to the Lighted Church Podcast. Lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. Even till today, does he fighting to deny the father he resurrected? Because that's the greatest power that dealt with the powers of the enemy and gave victory to those that believe in him. And so you can say that he did all the miracles, but don't ever say that he resurrected from the dead. Well, the devil has always been a liar. Because in your life and in my life, and the life of believers all over the world, there is a proof that Jesus is alive. It's not just the story that we read in the Bible, but the evidence of his resurrection is found in us. Those that believe what cannot be seen among the worshippers of other gods can be seen in us because the same power that raised him from the dead is not dwelling inside of us and so we have become the mystery that the world is trying to decipher and the more they do the more they discover that is the mystery of God and it's past finding out. Without doubt, this is the greatest event that ever happened in the history of humanity. This event changed the course of things in the realm of the spirit and the whole world for good. The resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ destroyed all the abilities of the devil to take full charge of the destiny of any man at his will. This is where our freedom comes from. This is where our blessings come from. This is where our victory comes from. And this is where our hope is hinged on. This is the victory that overcometh the world. The more we believe in this, the more we have victory the more we deal with the powers of darkness, the more we exercise dominion in the face of the earth, and the more we be like him. It's not just an Easter event. It's not just a temporal event. It is for every day and every day living. We must understand that this belief is not for a season or time. It's a belief that have to go on in our heart and our minds every day that we wake up in the morning that Jesus is no more in the grave where they kept him but he's alive and well. We must understand that the power behind this victory must be our everyday reality. We must live in the consciousness of this power in our lives on daily basis. All the beautiful resurrection stories will mean nothing to you and I if it is not brought into our everyday reality. All the beautiful and melodious Easter songs and hymns will mean nothing to you and I if it is not brought into our everyday reality. It should be our everyday story, our everyday experience, and everyday history. That is who we are. 
That is the kind of God we serve. And that's the power we possess in that God. And that made us different from the rest of the world. And I congratulate you this morning that Jesus is alive. Put your hands together for the Lord. For he is risen. He is no more in the grave. He is risen. It's no more where he's kept. He is risen. It's no more among the dead. He defeated death, defeated shame, and all the powers of the enemy. Jesus is alive. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. God bless you. I'd like to encourage us today that we should make up our minds to live in the reality of what Jesus Christ did for us. You must understand it to the extent that you can't live any day without that consciousness. This is the basis of our faith as Christians. This is where our power as Christians to experience miracles in our life comes from. This is where the grace for us to live beyond problems and get to experience a turnaround in our lives. We must not joke with this. Thank God for a day of celebration and thank God for a season of celebration. But please, let it not just be a one-off thing. Let it be a constant reminder of the victory that you have in God and the price that was paid for this victory. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, every pain we face in the face of this earth is temporal. But when we place those pains upon the promises of the resurrection of Christ, that very temporal nature of every pain becomes much more appreciated. There was pain in Jesus throughout the time before he went to the cross and on the cross he took the greatest pain and, and took the greatest shame and he was crucified to die and he died and of course the shame continues in his burial and so when he was buried the first day was the day of great shame where is that God that confessed that is the Lord? Where is that Jesus that claimed that he is the redeemer of mankind? Slanguishing in grave. He can't speak. He can't do miracle. 
He can't do anything. He looked as if his God has forsaken him. And so was the next day. He now started getting worse. Because at that point in time, all hopes were lost. Jesus was in the grave. The kingdom of darkness was rejoicing. They were celebrating and having parties. They were drinking and making merry. They were dancing and getting excited. But that was not forever. Then came the third day. Came the day of promise. Came the day we were hoping for. Came the day he told the disciples. And there was an earthquake. The heavens came into action. The mysteries of the world, the greatest mystery that ever happened in the history of humanity, began to unfold. And for all you know, Jesus resurrected from the dead. To the marvel of the whole world and to the defeat of the powers of darkness. And he began to live again. When we understand the power of resurrection, we understand the victory that we have in the face of this earth. For grave could not hold him captive. He resurrected to free all of us from every bondage of the devil, including the pains that you might be going through. Including the failures of your life. Even sickness and disease and poverty. The suffering and barrenness and frustrations. They were all taken away. Just because. He decided to do it for us. Every cause of the law was nailed to his cross. The brand new life was given to us. This experience is enough for us to understand that no matter how bad and how long any life challenge may be, there is always a third day. He gave us an example that we must follow and understand that no matter how long and how tough any life challenge might be before anybody, there is always the third day. There is always another side of the story to every challenge of our life. There is always a joy in the morning of every dark night that we might be going through. The third day experience of Jesus is a permanent victory that the devil knows about his cohort knows about. The angels of God knows about. But Christians, most Christians don't quite understand. And because they don't understand, they live as if this victory has not been given to them. And God is wondering, I wish you know better. But today you shall know better. I say you shall know better. And the truth that you are going to know more than what you have known before 
is able to set you free from every bondage that you might be going through right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. This is our hope in the world. And in the world to come. That Jesus resurrected from the dead. And it's no more where the devil kept him. Now this is the clincher. The clincher is that he is no longer where he was laid. For he is risen. Sometime he was where he was laid. The first day he was where he was laid. The second day he was where he was laid by men and the powers of the enemy that plotted against him to kill him. He was exactly where they kept him. But that was not beyond the third day. Yes, they could keep him for the first day. They could keep him for the second day. But they don't have the power to keep him beyond the third day. What am I saying? Therefore, it doesn't matter whether the enemy is having an upper hand right now as it were in your life. He doesn't have the final say. He doesn't have the final say, friends, because of this that Jesus did for you and I. If I may remind us, on Sunday the 17th of March, the Lord assured us that there is the day appointed for our visitation. If you're in church that day, I believe you can recall. The 17th of March, the Lord gave us a message that there is the day appointed for our visitation. He titled it, The Day Appointed. And that this day is determined and set by God. And when the day comes, heavens automatically opens and begin to work on your behalf. So we were meant to understand. And then nothing, no one, no power can stop your day appointed. So we were meant to understand. We saw that in the case of Joseph, in the case of Zechariah, and so many Bible characters, and even in the case of our Lord Jesus Christ, that when the time comes, it doesn't matter the forces that were against you. You are coming out of that situation with speed. And so the Lord gave us that word, and we began to run with it. Just like the case of our Lord Jesus Christ, no power could stop his resurrection. And so no power can stop your own victory. As long as you are in Christ and you are a partaker of his divine nature. This is your new better reality based on your new DNA. It is already cast on internal mandate. And there is nothing the enemy can do about it. You will always have the final laugh. Yeah. It's designed by God that you will always have the final laugh. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether the devil laughed on the first day and had party on the second day. But I want to let you know 
that he will not go beyond this boundary. He will not go beyond what the Lord has allowed. He will not go beyond the third day. You will always have the final love. In the name of Jesus. All you need to do therefore as a child of God. A child of God with a covenant of divine turnaround at the appointed day is to patiently wait for your appointed day. So we were told on the 17th for it will come true to you as it happened to Joseph and so one day you will wake up even in the prison in the prison of life where the enemy thought they have kept you. And before you sleep for that day, you are sleeping in the palace. The same day, your Lord is bound to change because God has set the time for your turnaround and there is nothing the devil can do about it. That is your destiny. And that's was how it happened to your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from grave to glory. Then on the next Sunday or the Sunday after the 17th of March which was the 24th of March the Lord further assured us that if we do understand that God has set a day appointed for us we should not live our lives as those without hope. Do you still remember? And entitled The Power of Our Hope. We should not live our life as those without hope. If we understand that there is a day appointed for us to be turned around. So in the midst of any challenge we are going through, we must still have hope. Because the basis of the hope is first we are alive and two we have a promise. And three we have a God that his promises are yea. And amen. And he's so faithful that he commit to every promise he has made and every word he has spoken to you. The challenge there is that he is the one that determines the time. And so we were taught on that day that we must live our life with hope. And we must not be like those without hope. It then means that if in this world we have hope to come out of every and any challenge in our lives. We might find ourselves then, in that case we must always live hopeful. If we are sure that we are going to come out someday from this challenge of life, we must now live our life hopeful. No matter what comes our way, the reason is that the change is bound to happen someday. The change is also bound to happen any day. God doesn't really give us symptoms on when he's going to visit. And I'm so sure that Joseph never knew the day that God had planned for him to be turned around and he was just doing his normal things and living his normal life till that day came. And it was remembered. And so the situation changed for him. And this hope in itself 
has its own power to give us peace and to see us through our hard times till we eventually experience our new day. This hope that we carry, that we are not going to remain there forever, that we are not going to suffer forever, that we have a promise in God that is here to be fulfilled in our lives and is bound to be fulfilled. The consciousness of this hope will always give us peace through our trying times till we experience the new day. And today, by the grace of God, in continuation of the flow, the Lord has come to us to show us the foundation of that hope. Where that hope we are talking about is hinged on the foundation and the basis of our hope in life is on the resurrection of our Lord on the third day. If he resurrected, we shall resurrect. You shall resurrect. If he didn't or he could not remain in the place where the enemy kept him, you cannot remain in the place where the enemy kept you. There is bound to be a turnaround and a change. And there is nothing the devil can do about it. What a glorious hope. <laughs> what a glorious hope. You know, at times you look at a situation and we feel that nothing seems to be happening. You have failed in many places. You have failed in many situations. You have failed in many trials. And perpetually it looks like you are failing, failing, failing. Don't worry. What will make you succeed is not a thing you so much have planned for. It's not something you have actually walked the path for. It's something that the Lord himself will orchestrate by his power and his grace to show you that he's God and he's God alone. It might not come the way you think it's going to come. It might not come how you think it's going to come. It might not come in the manner you think it's going to come. But he will come all the same by the way he wants it to come. Because he set the pace and it determines the result. Because he's God. Because he's God. You know, most people run out of hope. Especially if the hope is long deferred. We took a scripture that day that said, hope deferred make the heart sick. If that hope had been long deferred, most people, most Christians, covenant children of God, tend to lose hope. And when what they are hoping for is met with rough times and recurrent failure and challenges, and they begin to run out of hope simply because they really quite don't quite understand who their hope is anchored on and the real power behind their hope. You can't lose hope in the God that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead in the midst of Satan himself and all his cohort watching him to ensure that he doesn't come up. You can't lose hope in the God that frustrated every powers of the enemy warring against his only begotten son and upon all that happened, he still brought him out of the grave. You can't lose hope in such a God. It doesn't make sense to lose hope in such a God. If he promises you something, he has the power to fulfill it. 
And so we have no reason to dry up in our hopes. To quit hoping on God. So we must understand the power that drives our hope as children of God. And that is why I say that this particular story should be your everyday reality. When things begin to get hard, you refer to this scripture and said if the devil could not keep Jesus in the grave, the devil could not determine or cannot determine what will happen to my life. If Jesus resurrected from the dead and the Bible said that he resurrected with me, I have no reason to be hopeless in life. Or maybe you don't know that he resurrected with you and that's where the problem came from. Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 verse number 20, I am crucified with Christ. It's not just Apostle Paul, myself and yourself that are the children of the Most High God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When he was crucified, I was in him. When he went to the grave, I died with him. When he remained in the grave, I was there in him. And at the third day, when he resurrected, he did not leave me in the grave. He resurrected with me. So the Bible said, nevertheless, I live. And the life that I now live, I live in the faith of that same one that went with me to the grave and resurrected with me, the son of the living God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We must understand this, friends, that Jesus did not die for nothing. He has you and I in mind not just in mind with him when he died. And so you are no more the person that you used to be. You have died and you have resurrected. And so the enemy cannot fathom who you are anymore because you are no longer the kind of person that you used to be that the enemy can manipulate. You died with Christ. Buried with Christ in baptism and resurrected with him on the third day. So if they cannot keep Jesus where they wanted to keep him, they cannot keep you where they have planned to keep you. This is our new life in God. Our new life of victory. A life that guarantees dominion on earth. A new life that assures you and I that the enemy does not have the final say. A life that places you beyond where the enemy had planned for you. 
a life that makes you superior to every enchantment and divination and spell, the cunning craftiness of the devil. Listen to me, you are not ordinary. I just wanted to please understand this. This is why you are not ordinary. You must understand the basis for your hope. You must understand the reason why you are hopeful or why you should be hopeful. It's based on the power of resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was why Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 verse number 10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made confirmable unto his death. When you take it from the Amplified Version, it puts it this way. And this, so that I may know him experientially. That means to experience him. Becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him. Understanding and remarkable wonders of his person more completely. And in that same way, experience the power of his resurrection. When you understand him so much, you now begin to experience in you the power of his resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers. Which overflows and is active in believers. The power of resurrection of Christ overflows and is active in believers and that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness even to his death dying as he did the power of his resurrection the power of his resurrection The power behind this resurrection. The power that made the resurrection possible. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you. That's the power of the Spirit of the living God that dwells inside of you. The same power that made a mess of the devil. Right in the grave of Jesus Christ. It's not in the grave. It's not with Jesus in heaven. It is in me and you now. That same power that warred against Lucifer and all his powers in the grave lives inside of me now. You don't understand. That same power that wrestled the kingdom of darkness to impart life into Jesus after the third day is living inside of me now. That same power that frustrated all the powers of the enemy as they two cancels together, as they joined their minds together, strategized together. The highest of the highest of the hierarchy of the powers of darkness, the same power that am twisted them and brought life into Jesus, that made Jesus to resurrect on the third day. That same power is living inside of me. I don't know how much you know about that reality concerning you as a child of God. If you do know that, you should know that you are not a normal human being anymore. 
What should you be afraid of? What should you care about? What should you worry about? Why should you be hopeless? Why should you lose hope in life? Why should you live your life in worries? Where there is a third day. The same power that resurrected Christ from the dead that lives inside of you is waiting for such a time where he will do what he did in the life of Jesus in the place of his shame and reproach. Where you yourself will begin to be celebrated as Jesus was before he went up to heaven. Listen, friends. When Apostle Paul said that I might know the power of his resurrection, he's simply talking that I might get to have a good fellowship and understanding of this power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That same power is there to quicken your mortal bodies. The same spirit that quickened the mortal bodies of Jesus Christ. With this revelation, you will cease to live a normal life. You will live an exemplary life of victory in Christ. You might be going through issues nobody is bound to know or nobody should know because it's between you and God. You are simply waiting for such a time whereby you can tell the story and they say, do you really went through this? Of course, yes, I did. And you like somebody asking Jesus, do you really went to the grave? Of course, he will say, yes, I did. And that was what he showed them. He said, look, let me show you where I was crucified to prove that I was the one that was in the grave after being crucified. And the doubtful disciple said, I need to put my fingers right inside the hole to be sure. And he said to him, you are free. Your life will have a proof that the Lord took you away from the place of your shame. It's happening this year. It's happening this year. It's happening this year. It's happening this year. There's going to be a proof that the Lord took you away from the place of your reproach. The place of your frustration. The place of your neglect. The place of your suffering. There will be a proof in your life that God did wonders in you. The world will know it. The world will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Somebody say proof. Then you tell them, you don't even know nothing. Let me even tell you the depth of the story. I mean, to the extent we know about the suffering of Christ is to the extent it was reported. But I want to let you know that when you really get to heaven and Christ decides to tell you the story of what he went through in hell, you will marvel. Even for you to have an understanding, he cried when the sin of the whole world was upon him in the cross. And he said, my God, why have you now forsaken me? Because everything he knew that made him who he was and the power of the spirit was gone. And he took it by himself. And that was when the pain got to him in the realm of the soul and of the body that his body could not take the pain anymore. The Bible says he gave up the ghost. And they carried him like a nobody. Put him in the grave. I say, nobody laid him down there as if he's not the son of the living God. 
But the power that raised him from the dead was watching. And at the right time, that power came and snatched him from the jaws of death and pains and problems and reproach and shame. And Jesus began to live again. And so when Jesus was going, he said, Listen, friends, I am going to send you the same power that raised me from the dead. And that power is going to be inside of you. And that power will lead you all truth. The power will help you. The power will comfort you. The power will direct you. The power will quicken you. The power will raise you up in every situation that the enemy would have put you. And he sent the Holy Spirit. And is dwelling inside of me now. Who shall I fear? Why shall I worry? Why should I feel defeated? Why should I feel neglected? Why should I feel as if my own was finished? Why should you feel dejected? Why should you give up hope when the Spirit of God is living inside of you? This is Christian faith. Greatest secret. This is where our Christian faith took its root. This is the beginning and the end of our Christian faith journey. Everything is centered on this singular thing. Thank God for the stories of the Bible. But if you can tell all the stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and think to get faith there, that's good enough. But the basis of your unshakable faith is the Father Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead and death could not hold him captive. You know, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel took their own faith in their God from their experience in God. And God took them through those experiences so that they can believe in him. They took their faith from their stories in life and the fulfillment of every promise that God made to them. And so they believed in their God. And nobody could take that belief away. Right now they are busy telling the story of how they came out of Egypt. This is the time of their Passover. And what they do is storytelling to their children. To their children's children. Continuously. And so another thing has come for you to know how big our God is. We were once upon a time in Egypt and Pharaoh was messing, making a mess of us. We were hewers of food and fetchers of water. We were slaves in the land of Egypt. The same Egypt you know that shares boundary with us. And there came a time God singled out his servant Moses. And Moses was asked to go before Pharaoh. And Moses said to Pharaoh, according to the word of God, let my people go that they will serve me. And Pharaoh said, who are you to tell me to let your people go? And who is your God to challenge me from keeping you as slaves in my land? And they told the story of the pledge that took place. Pledge one, two, three, four, up to the ten plague. And the last one, they said, listen, listen, little children, and see what God did. That night, before that night, he spoke to Moses and said to him, let nobody leave his house for the angel of death is going to come and pass through the land of Egypt. 
But lock yourself inside the house. Kill a little lamb, a blameless animal, and use his blood upon your doorpost. And uh, eat the bread in your house and allow everybody to dress up and be ready for a movement the next day because I'm going to pass through and I'm going to kill all the first sons and the firstborn of the Egyptians including their animals. But I'm going to save you and you are going to go out in triumph. But before you do that, remember you have to take their silver and their gold and they will give you their silver and their gold because you're not going to go empty-handed. And so they took their silver and their gold and uh, they took everything they could get from, from the Egyptians. And that night came. They killed that lamb, put the blood on their doorpost, got themselves ready, their shoes on their leg, their rolls in their hand, getting ready to leave. And that night there was cry all over Egypt because every household lost their first son. But in Goshen, there was no cry. God demonstrated his power and they marched out in triumph out of Egypt. Egypt was crying. Israel was rejoicing. And so they are telling the story right now. I sent a WhatsApp message to my Israeli friend on Thursday. On Wednesday, he didn't answer. He sent me a WhatsApp message. I said, Charles, remember, this is the eve of Passover. I don't have time to talk about any other thing than our passing over from Egypt. Are you going to talk about it? Then we talk. Otherwise, let's talk after the holiday. They have trained themselves to teach themselves, to teach their children to talk about no other thing but their victory in Egypt. As a way of reminding themselves the power of their God. And it started long ago. They tell themselves of the story of Abraham. They tell themselves of the story of the Red Sea. They tell themselves of the story of the manna and quail when they were in the wilderness. They tell themselves the story of the water from the rocks. They tell themselves the story of the pillar of cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. They tell themselves of the story of the wall of Jericho that came flat. They tell themselves of the river Jordan that parted its way. They tell themselves of the defeat of their enemies as they walked through their land of promise. They tell themselves of the story of the ark in the house of Dagon. They tell themselves the story of Esther as the Lord delivered the children of Israel from the hands of Haman. With these stories, they show themselves that there is God in Israel and that God is God all over the whole earth and that they serve a superior God. With this, they are never afraid of their future nor their enemies and it has always worked for them. The same God that they serve is the same God that we serve but now there is a new dimension to this our God. For us, we can draw all the inspiration and all the stories 
and assurances from the Old Testament. But for us, we crown it with the ultimate, which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus had told them that that lamp that was used in their doorpost was him. But they didn't know. It was a shadow of what was to happen. Jesus told them that the rock that they were striking to get water from that was following them wherever they went in the wilderness was him. Jesus told them that the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night was him. And all that they knew about their story and their triumph over their enemies was Jesus. And so Jesus came and went into the grave for us and gave his life for us as a sacrificial lamb for our redemption and resurrected on the third day and said, I have given you power to tread upon serpent, upon scorpion and every power of the enemy and nothing shall by any way hurt you. We are not small. We are not little. We are great. As great as our God can make us to be. We are the children of the most high God. We have nothing to fear and worry about what the enemy can do to us. If Israel can be so confident of their God, we the believers should be much more confident of this God. I don't know about you, but this is my disposition in life. As a child of God, this is my disposition. This is the way I have structured my belief and my life. And what is it? Come rain. Come shine. Come hail. Come high waters. I know that my God will not disappoint me. I know that he will not withdraw his grace upon my life. I know that he will not abandon me in my trying times. And further to this, there is nothing that I want that he cannot provide for me in his time. I know it and nothing can shake it. And this is my scriptural basis for that. And I wanted to go home with it this morning. The Bible said that he that spared not his own son but deliver him for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Romans 8.32 He, the father, that spared not his own son, Jesus, but deliver him for us all. How shall he, the father, not with him, the son, Freely give us all things. That's a big question for you and I to answer. If the Father can allow the Son Jesus to go to the cross for me, how is it possible that the Father together with the Son cannot freely give me everything I want? How is it that I should be afraid that he will abandon me in the wilderness of life and not take me to the land that he has promised me? How is it that I can feel that he will disappoint me and I have no hope in this world? It is real foolishness to think that way. 
Somebody need to answer me this question. If the father can send the son and the son went through all he went through, was crucified and died just because of me, just because of you, why do you think that whoever allowed the enemy to have an upper hand in your life, why do you think that what you desire, that he will not give it to you? Why do you think that he will not bring you out of that problem you are going through? Why do you think that he can ever think of abandoning you? He that saw you through in the sixth occasion, can, it doesn't make any sense for him to abandon you on the seventh. Because it's the same God. And he doesn't take permission for the devil to do what he wants to do. If only you believe, your life is a miracle waiting to happen. Because Christ, by his spirit, lives inside of you. This is our faith. This is our hope. This is our power. This is our victory. This is our peace that surpasses human understanding. Peace in turbulent situation. This is our joy. It's called the joy of the Lord because of what he has done. This is the secret that we live with. The secret of the power of his resurrection. The secret of a great life on earth and a wonderful internal life to come. He settled it all. He paid the price for all. He gave you the victory that you never deserved. He gave you the victory that you never even begged for. And so because he came to you so cheap, you think he's not committed to his word. I want to assure you friends this morning, there is nothing you will need in this God that he cannot do for you. There is no situation the enemy would have put you that he will not bring you out from. There is no desire of your heart that he cannot grant for you. You have no reason to doubt what he has promised in his word because he's the almighty God. Friends, listen to me. If you ever decide to take anything home today, remember that Jesus Christ went with you to hell when he died and was buried and he came out with you from hell. Bible call it hedges and resurrected with you to give you a brand new life of victory to live. The more you understand this, the more you have the knowledge of this, the more you are set free from every challenge of life and the more confident you become and the more victory you experience. And the more the Lord is glorified in your life and the more people will come to Christ because of your testimony. Let me just finalize by saying this. What Jesus went through just like what the children of Israel went through in Egypt. What Jesus went through in the hands of men and in the grave was the thing that made the entire world to know that Jesus is actually the Son of God. Because when he resurrected as he said, the Bible just told us in Matthew, they said, this must be the son of the living God.
the things you are going through is bound to reveal the glory of God. It's bound to show them there is God. It's bound to show them that there is power in your God. Just relax, friends. The Lord is about to do something new in your lives. That will disgrace the enemy that have put you in that situation. And bring you up to the place where people will come to you and say, Please show me this, your God. Before this year ends, each and every one of you will experience that. And it boils down to this, that his glory will be revealed in your lives. Through those challenges and those problems, cry not. Just wait and relax because the Lord is about to do new things. And it shall spring forth and all eyes shall see it. Stand to your feet and begin to give him praise. Begin to give him praise. Begin to give him praise. It's alive. Begin to give him praise. It's alive. Begin to give him praise. He's alive. Begin to give him praise. He's alive and well. Begin to give him glory. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on the Lighter Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow the Lighter Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.